Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Mirror Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle David. If you didn't know, now you know. Back with episode 100-something, I've lost count. Um, today, I got a special guest, man. This is somebody that uh, I'm, I'm excited to have on. I'm really pumped to have this guy on. Uh, we actually went to the same high school. Never really knew each other, but we went to the same high school. Grew up in the same town, FOCO. Shout out to Fort Collins. Um, and it's just cool how our paths have crossed back because of social media, because of the internet, uh, we've got to connect and uh, I've kind of watched his journey a little bit and uh, I'm not going to say too much. I'm going to let him talk a little bit, but uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. Um, he's an inspiration. He's somebody that I think uh, is going to give a lot of value to all of you and to me. So without further ado, my boy, Zach Molesky. Zach, thanks for being on, man. Kyle, Kyle, man, I appreciate it, man. I've, I've been seeing what you've been doing and uh, I really admire it. The, the fact that you can you know deliver so consistently you know time and time again i think it's awesome yeah thanks man i appreciate, appreciate it. it of course now it's, it's time to pass the ball to you man kind of kind of give us i know we talked a little bit before this um but kind of give us like you know a brief kind of origin story of who you are where you came from how we got here sure thing sure thing so um fort collins born and raised so small town um you know my parents uh, they started a paving company when I was really young. So I was, you know, just born or something. And so I remember from, you know, really early ages, uh, you know, what it was like for them, you know, kind of starting their business. And, you know, I remember, uh, you know, the early days were kind of the tough days for, for our family. So very humble beginnings, very, very humble beginnings. And, you know, I kind of watched them, um, grow this small little family business into a little bit more of a, you know, a well-oiled machine um, as I got older and older. And so, uh, you know, we moved from Fort Collins out to Bellevue. So we went from a small town to like very, very rural small town. Shout out and, to Bellevue. Um, shout out to Bellevue. Shout out to <laughs> Bellevue. We had, um, we had alpacas. We had an alpaca ranch. Come on. And uh, yeah, man, I know. So they ended up, uh, asphalt getting into like alpacas kind of like a small little ranch and you know growing up i remember them just working working their butts off you know um it was a lot of work to, to see kind of like how they did things what they did along the way and you know it it gave me a lot of uh, perspective on what it takes to kind of make something grow from nothing so to speak so um you know, we, uh, very humble beginnings kind of grew into a, like I said, a better, better family business. And then eventually they started doing pretty well for themselves. So, you know, as I'm getting into high school, they're, they're starting to do better and better. And, you know, at that point, my, uh, my parents were like, Hey, you know, I'm around in 16 years old at that point, you know, they're like, Hey, what do you plan on doing on the summers? I'm like, I don't know, skateboarding, ride motocross, like, <laughs> They're chilling. like, no, you're they chilling. They're like, no, no, you're not going to do that this summer. So um, <laughs> they ended up uh, helping me start a striping company. So 16 years old, uh, I'm striping parking lots for them behind their, their work that they're paving and seal coating and stuff like that. So it wasn't, a, wasn't the easiest thing. So, <laughs> you know, I think in hindsight, everything, they're like, oh, this is going to go one way. And it, it kind of goes another way. So, um, 
they bought a small business from this gentleman and he worked with me all summer, kind of getting me trained up on how, how to straight parking lots, what you got to do to maintain things, um, all that good stuff. So I became a, a business owner at a very young age and, uh, you know, kind of got, I, I was spoon fed work, right? So I was, I was a little, uh, I was blessed. It was a blessing and a curse. You know, I know my parents wanted to do what was best for me and help me get, get a leg up. But, you know, when you're given things like, Hey, here's all these contracts and you get to just keep getting them. You kind of forget what it's like. You kind of skip the hardship piece of it. Right. And so, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, I'm getting through, uh, high school. I've got friends striping with me after, after school and on the weekends, stuff like that. And, uh, I, I, uh, end up leaving the house at a pretty, pretty young age. So like 17 and a half, my, my dad and I were kind of tussling, you know, here and there. And, uh, as a teenager, you think, you know, better than your parents do. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, we're tussling and I'm thinking like, well, I'm making enough money. I'm just going to go off and do this on my own. And, you know, life kind of slaps you in the face at that point. You get, you get a reality check. So I, um, during that time, I, I meet a girl at the Greeley Stampede. And, Shout uh, out to the Greeley Stampede. Oh awesome. my gosh. Come on. Uh, right. Anybody in the Northern Colorado region knows about the Greeley Stampede. That thing is a staple of culture. Okay. It is a staple. It is a staple. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm over there at the Greeley Stampede and I'm <clears throat> with my buddies. Um, we just got done working. We go over there and I see this girl and I'm like, man, she's pretty. And my buddy who's work, working with me, and he's like, oh, dude, he's like, I know her. He's like, and her cousins are like badasses. He's like, I wouldn't even talk to her. He's like, don't talk to her. I'm like, I have to. I have to go say hi. So end up running over there to her, kind of like talking to her and uh, getting her number. And what ends up happening is, you know, her and I start dating. And, you know, I, I end up moving to Greeley to, to continue seeing her end up having kids, you know, very young age. And, you know, I'm 19 years old at this point, And I find out that I'm going to be a father turning 20. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I've got to get my stuff together, like on another level, you know? So, um, do that, you know, have kids, all that stuff. And I start hitting some turbulence with, with business. So, uh, had a pretty nice couple of contracts from a company. Um, this is 2008, 2009-ish, kind of right when the recession was hitting. And the company that I was doing business for at the time said, he was like, listen, you know, I flew all the way in here. We don't do deposits on these projects, but, you know, this is the biggest job I was going to get up to this point in my, in my career. And what happens ultimately is we do the work, they don't pay it ends up flipping me on my butt um another year and a half two years later i'm filing bankruptcy and uh chapter seven so i'm like not in a very good place at all having to restart the company all over again with no capital no credit no nothing um 
And at this point, like I've got, I've gotten into a little bit of some trouble along the way. Right. So I'm in trouble with my driver's license, just filed bankruptcy. I've got a daughter and, um, you know, I, I'm just in a mess, in a mess. And so end up kind of like lining a bunch of work up, right? So I've got these few contracts and I'm like, all right, how do I make this work? And, you know, I'm just always like pulling money from here to there, like robbing Peter to pay Paul, it feels like. And, and as I'm getting through this stuff, like my, lo and behold, my dad calls me and he and I haven't really spoke a whole lot in the last couple of years. You know, he's like, Hey, uh, how are you liking your business? I'm like, this is miserable. This is really, really tough. And he's like, Hey, you know, I've got an opportunity. I'm my business is about to get bought out. Do you want to come to work for them? And I'm like, yes, I do. Please, please, please. Like, give me, give me another chance, you know? And I'm like, it goes to show, you know, like the parents love for their child, right? Mm. It's like, you know, you can push them away and push them away and push them away. And, and then they'll still come back and draw you back in. And it's like chance and chance and chance again. Mm. So, um, you know, we end up, I end up going to work for this company and uh, you know, filed bankruptcy prior. So I'm like trying to rebuild my credit. Um, end up, uh, realizing that I'm going to have my son at that point too. So, uh, you know, the kid's mom and I were, had been on and off, on and off, um, still end up having Brandon. And the business that I went to work for, they're a large corporation out of the Midwest. Basically, you know, for somebody who never went to college, doesn't have any sort of like um, student background in terms of like college career, those guys were my college, man. I mean, like, mm -hmm going to work for them, my bosses, I just was trying to sponge off of them. Anything that they would let me, I would ask questions just nonstop. Why do you do this? How do you do this? Why do you want to do this? And they just taught me the cost of doing business, um, the real cost of doing business, you know, budgets, um, employees, but more than anything, culture. Like mm. they taught me the importance of culture. So you know, my family did a great job of teaching us how to do the work and not that they didn't do business well, but these guys, I mean, they're a big corporation. And so they were doing things right. I learned things to another level with them. You know, mm -hmm. I, owe, I owe that company a lot, a lot of gratitude. Um, they took a chance on me for sure, because, because <laughs> at the time I didn't even have a driver's license and I'm like, Bro. you guys, Oh dude, it was the worst man. Like, it was the worst. I have a driver's license. I'm like, hey, can you guys, you guys hire me? I'll drive my own vehicle. Just put me on over here. I don't, you guys don't have to do this. And they're like, I'm going to turn my head. Just do what you got to do. I end up going through and opening up a bunch of old tickets, getting them expunged, get my driver's license back within a year. Credit's starting to go again, starting to make money. And then, and then another year later, I'm, I'm buying a house and and, and things just really start to turn for you at that point. Mm. You know, once you start building energy, it's easy to kind of like compound off of it. Right. Right. So, so the energy's moving at that point. Um, you know, we fast forward a little bit further. 
and things start to change with the corporation I'm working for. They're changing business models and, and really how I'm going to be doing work. And at that point, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, several years in at this point and probably one of their better, better salesmen. And I just told him, I'm like, Hey, you guys, like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But I think I'm going to jump off and do my own thing. So at the time my mom was ready to open up a business. And so she had done the paving business before uh, her and I had talked about it and we kind of, uh, we veer off and we start a business. Just... Give me one second. I'm sorry. I'm in a hotel. You're good. Knocking. You're good. Knocking. Give me housekeeping. <laughs> if you're if you're if you're listening or watching at this point like this is authentic this is this is why as i always talk about this podcast is real like this is not this is not about scripts or anything this is about having real conversations and there's real interruptions in life and that's what like that's how life works and he's back but that's that's my plug right there authentic conversations sometimes things happen but yeah keep going man so you you start is, is National Pavement Partners the company you and your mom start? Yep. Yep. Okay. So we start National Pavement Partners and it's out of thin air, man. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean out of thin air. So I leave in end of June and I know I'm like, okay, my mom is pretty much putting her life savings into what we're about to do. Mm-hmm. I just bought a house. Um, you know, I've got another new baby on the way or just, just, just got there and I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, okay, I think I can do this, but I don't know if I can do this. We spend all weekend just streamlining, brainstorming, get a pop-up splash website put together. I get emails put together. I put the whole model of the business together. And I'm not even kidding you. It was a long weekend. I think it was like 4th of July weekend of 2015. We just all weekend, nose to the grindstone. Monday comes up and... um I'm like, all right, here's the plan. I'm going to get my, my customers an email blast. You know, we're going to uh, send an email blast. I want to see like if people respond to it. And, you know, to this day, man, like hand to God, man, it was the best email blast S campaign that we still have even had to this day, no matter how, how big we've gotten. And I'm like, thank you, God. Like, you know, we got so much response from it. Like the Denver Broncos. Yeah, man. Flatirons Mall. Like all these great contracts. People that weren't even responding before, you know, started responding. Hmm. Um, you know, and I was playing a different role at the time. Like I didn't want anyone to know I was the owner. I didn't want them to know I was behind it. Just told them I was, you know, another salesman in the same position as I was. Just switch companies. And, uh, you know, what that did for them, I think... And maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But to me, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of young. I don't want these people thinking that they're handing over all these huge contracts into my hands. And mm-hmm. it, it felt like it gave them a sense of security. Um, so I played that role for a few years. Didn't tell anybody. You know, I didn't were you operating tell though? Were you like, were you operating the whole business at the time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I was like pawning things off. I, was, I would be ca- talking to a customer and they'd oh, say, well, God. can you give me a can you give me a discount? And I'm like, you know, let me talk to my boss and I'll see. And I give him a call back and I'm like, you know, we're not supposed to, but he said he'd, he'd wiggle a little bit, you know? And so you play that back and forth for just a little while until, and I needed to do that because I needed to get a feel for what was going to 
work. I didn't, again, you know, I've got my mom's stuff on the line. I got mine on the line and I'm like, I got to make sure that we're staying safe along the way. Cause I've, I failed at this before, you know, I failed mm -hmm. miserably, miserably. And so we're taking risks, but we're taking calculated risks along mm -hmm. the way. Um, and you know, it's just starts compounding and growing bigger and bigger and bigger. One of the ways that we wanted to differentiate ourselves was we wanted to provide value to our clients that is beyond just paving a parking hmm. lot. So one of the, what we were doing for, to provide value was we're taking pictures before, during, and after, and we were sending them pictures and videos through email nonstop. And, uh, you know, customers smart. were eating that stuff up. They so were, smart. man. They, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. They, they really enjoyed it. They liked it. And, um, it was just, it got to a point where that, you know, as our business kept growing, um, you know, we doubled, doubled, tripled, doubled, and we're very, very fortunate to be able to do that in, you know, in the t short time frame that we did, we started realizing like, okay, this is getting hard to scale. This business model is getting hard to scale. So at the time, um, a couple of years ago, year and a half ago, uh, my sales manager and I were like, how do we make this faster? We got to get this done a lot faster. So we're like, well, let's make, let's build an app that we can estimate from our phone. We can measure from our phone. We can take the pictures and they go, they geographically tag themselves back into the locations of where our repairs are. And then on the backside, our crews can log in and upload the pictures along the way. So we can see where they're at on site and take the, po the, the pictures. So we build, that's where spot on site comes in. <laughs> yeah bro that's yeah. smart i see Thanks, that man yeah thank you I, i'm all about it yeah yeah and then you know that that pretty much brings us up to current man you know mm -hmm. minus some details here and there but that's the the quick ten thousand foot view bro i love it yeah. i love that you because you get to a point like i think anybody gets to a point whether it's in their personal life or in business where they go what i did to get to here isn't going to get me to here and and how do i What's the, what's the, like you said, the differentiating factor that takes me from here to here and you have to be creative. And I think leveraging, leveraging technology in that way. I mean, this is the age of technology, man. So like, I love Amen, though that brother. you started it in just a raw gritty way of like, we're, we're just going to email them pictures and videos. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, yes. You do what you can, right? Like whatever you can to provide value to people. That's whatever. You I love can. that. Whatever you can, man. And you know, like, Sometimes it was like, I think people like, I swear, I think some customers probably felt bad for how much work we put into their stuff. And they're like, you can just have this job. Like you've done so much work. <laughs> like we probably, they probably felt guilty, you know, but it, it, it goes to show we, you know, we, we held up on our end and we tried to do our best on, you know, everything that we did. So here we are, man. So on. first of yeah. all, congrats on your success, man. Like you've, I know that it's not, uh, success is not a linear thing usually, right? It's up and down and all around. I do want to ask you a question though. So, right. You went, you went bankrupt. You have no driver's license. You're in the hole. Uh, you're probably in debt. I'm, I'm assuming. And then you go to start the company again. Like what makes you not go work for somebody and not just get a nine to five? Like, what's the thing? Have you always had that tick or, or the entrepreneurial tick? Or why did you decide I'm going to do this again? Right. Because that defeatist mindset of this didn't work. I failed. I'm no good. I can't do this. That's a lot of people, right? Like a lot of people deal with that internal voice of like, 
once you fail, you're a failure. You can't do it. What was it for you that you were like, no, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to go after it again. You know, it, for me, it's, um, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, I, I cared what people thought of me, Hmm. you know, I left some people hanging, um, on the first one, you know, some suppliers, some people that I wasn't very proud of and I wanted to make it right with them. And so, you know, I just told them, yeah, give me one more chance. Give me one more chance. Let me try this one more time. And, you know, I'm like, if anyone's going to pay for it, it's going to be me. Hmm. And, and it's going to be in a different way. Like if I'm going to rob from anybody, it's going to be for myself. And so if I got to work myself into the ground, I'm going to work myself into the ground. And, and like, if you know me long enough, I'm a very competitive person. Like no matter what it is, man, if we're eating breakfast together and you're like, who's going to eat this first? I'm like, <laughs> that's how it's going. You know, like if we're oh, running, I'm like, I'm not even a runner, but I'm like, I will do my best. You know, I'm just it. a very ultra competitive person. And I think the competitive mm-hmm. side in me just, you know, it was like, no, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta figure out how to do this and make it right. And, uh, it's tough, man. I'm not saying it was easy. It, it is not. There were, uh, it's mentally exhausting. It's physically exhausting, but one foot in front of the other and you end up in a, in a different place, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that you talked about when you said at the beginning, like the compound, how, how energy and momentum compounds, right? Like you said, you went from here to here in one year from bankruptcy to then house driver's license, credit repaired, Talk about that for a minute, like what you've experienced as far as like what, not that there's tips and tricks, but things that you have implemented, maybe even like daily habits or mental habits, or what are the things that you found that are helpful when, when trying to compound energy and build momentum, especially when you're starting from zero, like what are the things that you found that have been helpful? Great question. Um, so I, I struggle with some anxiety and some, some depression to some degree. So when things are off, they're way off. And when I'm not, when you're low, you're low, mm-hmm. you know, um, what I, what I started realizing was routine and structure was the best thing to build confidence, mm-hmm. you know, set your alarm at a certain time each day, you're going to do it X amount of days per week. You do that. You make that promise to yourself. You don't break it. Okay, well, great. Now you've got that done. Now you're making sure that you're hitting the gym this many times per week. You don't break that promise to yourself. You got to learn to start to trust yourself. And the way you do that, once you start trusting yourself, you're able to start building energy again. Hmm. And, you know, like you start seeing those little wins and they start chalking up and you're like, wow, I'm actually doing good. Wow, I'm actually, you know, things are happening. They're, you know, it just, the momentum starts to build off of the little wins. It's not the big wins. Mm. It's you look back and you're like, Oh wow. Those were some big wins along the way. Instead of, instead of, uh, you know, I got to have this right now. Just, Mm. just doesn't happen that way. Just doesn't happen that way. I love that. You said that you said, uh, right. You have to learn to trust yourself. And the only way you learn to trust yourself is by keeping the promises to yourself. I, uh, you ever, you, you ever follow Ed Milet? I'm sure you know Ed Milet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ed's, Ed's awesome, man. He's I crazy. hear him talk about that a lot, about keeping the promises to yourself, about making promises to yourself and keeping promises to yourself. Like you said, whether it's, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm just going to do these things today. What, what do you think about, like, I'm sure you've experienced this, especially as somebody, I also dealt with some anxiety and depression about 
having to pull myself back, especially I had some years in addiction where I was just off the, off the rails. Um, but learning how to just that, that idea of one day at a time and being able to pull yourself just back into the present, is that something that you've had to deal with or that you've learned or that you've implemented or that you think is helpful at all? What's your experience with that? Yes, man. I mean, you gotta, you gotta pull yourself into present. You know, I'm a very heady person, so I can, you know, as, and I'm a visionary too. So I'm like, I'm always thinking and I'm, you know, it can, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, a double-sided sword, man. You, you know, it can get you far, but it'll also pull you away too. You got to remember to like reground yourself. So like meditation has been a big piece of what I do. Um, and I'm not, I'm not ultra consistent with it right now. Um, but as I have, you know, been able to get into it at times, like it's been a great way for me to bring my focus back in. And when I feel like I'm starting to get off focus, it reminds me to be mindful of like where I'm at, you know, the here and now type of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, always considering there's a greater plan to like, does this matter today? Yeah, it matters today, but does it, is it going to matter, you know, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now? No, it's not. And so like, what's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal is here. So don't let this, you know, deter you. That's huge. What you just said is huge. I hope Thanks. anyone listening or, or watching, like let, let that sink in what he just said. It may matter now, but is that going to matter in six months or five years? If we spend so much time on things that, that are real, like we have emotions in the moment of anxiety or fear or worry or whatever that is, but realizing that it doesn't, it's not going to matter down the road. And so try to do implement things, meditation or whatever, some practices to, like you said, reground yourself and realize, hey, my emotions may be spiking right now, but, but what I'm feeling isn't actually something that's going to provide positive outcomes in the future. You're dropping some wisdom here, bro. I want to, I want to hone in man. on that. Yeah. Thank I appreciate you. that, man. I yeah. appreciate that. You know, we've got a, we've got a team of estimators here and a lot of them are built from the ground up, man. They're, they came from the field. Um, a couple of them came from, one of them came from lifetime he is, you know, he was selling gym memberships and, and I was trying to tell him like, listen, you guys, you can make good money if we do this the right way. And, you know, selling anything is not easy. You know, what we're into as well, it's like, it's a longer life cycle for a sale. And, you know, these guys, I tell them, I'm like, you know, it's a, it's exciting at the beginning because you're doing something new, but you got to hang on to it because, you know, the life cycle of a deal for us is 90 to 120 days you know, three to four months and you're, you're grinding, but you got to trust the process. Like mm. if you trust the process, it all comes full circle. And I can see it on their face. Almost. You, you can almost tell exactly when they're starting to go through it. And I got to remind them like, Hey man, remember what I told you at the very beginning, got to trust that process because like it works. And then a month later, you know, it's like just the law of the universe. Two months later, you can't do the right thing so many times and get the wrong result. It's mm. just impossible, right? So that's a yeah. word, so, bro. That's a wise word. You can't do the right thing over and over and get the wrong thing. <laughs> it's a bomb. Hey, I know that it's been an hour and you probably got to go here, but uh, last last kind of question. I could ask you a million questions, and hopefully, we can link up again. Um, but last kind of question, like 
this is a, a, a maybe a high level question, but there's a lot of people out there. I see it all the time on social media and just, I know it, man, there's people that, and I, we kind of talked about this on the phone yesterday. There's people that want to be, they want to be, uh, maybe we didn't talk about this. I talked with someone about this. There's people out there that want to be put in the game, especially younger people, our generation or younger. They want to be put in the game. They want to, they want to win. They want to succeed in life, but they don't really know what to do. Whether like people like you that are visionaries, there's a lot of young people that are like, I have this, I have this thing in me, but I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where to put it. Does that make sense? What yep. would you say to those people that are, are like the younger version of you? And they're like, I have this drive, this grit, and I just don't know what to do with it, but I want to be successful. What do you, what do you tell those people? Yeah. You know, tap in, tap into somebody who is doing something that you want to be doing. Hmm. Grab them. You know, people, it, mentors. One thing I've noticed is like mentors, they don't mind helping people. If you want to help yourself, you know, there's so many clients I had along the way that I was like, you know, Hey, how did you guys do this? What do you do this? Why do you do this? And, you know, I could have been the pesky kid, but they're happy to help. And never did they ever tell me to, you know, leave them alone or that I was bugging them. In fact, you know, I owe a lot of gratitude to those people along the way. It's don't be afraid to ask the people for help. You know, if you see somebody that you admire, that you aspire to be, I would, I would absolutely contact them and, and just say, Hey, I like what you're doing. How are you doing it? You know, I've got this idea in mind, but like, what do you think of it? And get some feedback from some professionals that have uh, some years behind them and, and see what they, what they tell you. That's a, that's a wise word, man. Thanks for yeah. taking the time to do this, man. I know you're a, I know you're a busy guy and you have a family and you have a business. So I appreciate you taking an hour to talk to this guy down course, here in Dallas, it. Texas, man. I appreciate no, that. I, I, I really appreciate you having me, man. It's, it's been a Absolutely, pleasure. Man. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's stay connected, man. Thanks for being on here. You Thank got you it. guys for listening. This is another episode of Inside the Mirror Podcast. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, peace and blessings. Later, my friends. Peace.